Hi everyone, it's been a while. Isaac Jamal, Certified Life Coach, back on SYNY Radio, and boy, to have I really missed this podcast and preparing for it on Tuesday nights. Uh, we apologize for a little bit of technical delay on the evening, but we are here and we are looking forward to going forward, being here on every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. So tune in, and if you'd like to hear any past podcasts, you can search SYNY Radio, I think, on Spotify, on iTunes, and all the good resources that are out there, or you can punch in Isaac Jamal into iTunes and, or Spotify, and you'd be able to find it. Um, I really haven't prepared anything tonight. But I have a lot on my mind, so I'm just going to really talk tonight about what's been happening as of recently um, in my practice and what's going on with the people that I've been meeting with and coaching. It seems for some reason, I haven't really figured it out yet, but for some reason I've been seeing a lot of young men and women ages from 16 to 22, who all have very similar challenges. And some of those challenges include pleasure-seeking. It includes telling themselves stories. And it includes a self image that develops over time. Just today, I had a young man, 19 years old, smart as a whip, capable, just came back from two years in Israel, went to a wonderful school, has wonderful parents, has every opportunity in the world, but just doesn't feel like getting off the couch doesn't feel like getting up in the morning, doesn't feel like pretty much anything. Unmotivated was the words. Uh, recently, two days ago, 16-year-old boy who made a teenage mistake at school and was very, very concerned about his status of whether or not he'd be asked to leave completely broke down. And all he kept on saying is, I always mess up. I always mess up. And he repeated it so many times. And this fear overcame him to a point where he didn't know what to do with himself anymore. He couldn't hold in his feelings. He was crying profusely. And kept on repeating, I'm never going to add up to anything. Third story. Young man dating a girl outside of our communities. And this relationship developed. And then this relationship ended. And this young man... Sadly enough, 
went just about to the edge of extreme. And this is really, I think, the similarity between the three cases, is that all of them ended up with a line like this. Life isn't worth living. Life isn't worth living. Teenage kids, early 20s, with no reason to live. And I've been thinking about this, and it's been on my mind. And to me, the three cases are very similar, and I think it's very indicative of what's happening with our youth today. What's happening with these young people? Yes, we all know millennials are have this sense of entitlement. Things are coming to me. And I think in the circles that we live, there's a lot of that. Things that we feel are just given. A warm house, a warm meal, loving parents, getting sent to private schools for, I mean, collectively hundreds of thousands of dollars, clothing, vacations, whether you can afford it or not. And this feeling of them still not being enough. They don't value themselves. They don't value the things around them. Gratitude is very, very far-reaching. And what's on their mind all the time is everything they don't have. The label of speakers they might want, the places they might want to go, the schools they might want to attend, anything possible, but focused on what they don't have. And this is going to be hard for someone who's struggling through this, not feeling like they're enough, aren't motivated, they're in the beginning of their life or career, and they see so much uphill and so much work that's in front of them and they get discouraged. But the truth of the matter is that there's a ton of selfish feelings that it's all about them. Their life is all about them. And this combination of selfishness and this lack of gratitude and appreciation for what's around them, put them in a state of life is just not worth living. How about a story of a 15-year-old girl who couldn't get the phone she wanted? An Army Green 11 Pro. Now, I don't even know what that is, but that's what she wanted and got herself into such a frenzy, completely crying and breaking down that she was only able to get the iPhone 11. This focus of what I don't have brings us into such a depression. And I want to start talking about the subject that we posted because it is super important. I think it is the key, and this is not just for young adults, but for adults and older people as well. 
we have become so accustomed to the pleasure. You hear it all the time, that dopamine that hits your head when the cell phone rings, when we get a text message, or some type of message on social media, or something we need to share. We are constantly looking for pleasurable moments. Pleasurable moments. And long, sustainable happiness escapes us. It just seems so far away or so unrealistic. Or it's just too hard. Why not settle for the pleasure? And this focus on these things, whatever they might be, these external things, a backpack, a phone, a case, a piece of jewelry, uh, 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 I guess when you get older it's a home or you know a certain amount of money. These external factors that become pleasurable. And as soon as the pleasure's over, I need more. I mean, just think about it. If you had a bowl of ice cream and it was your favorite flavor with the most delicious toppings that you can think of, How long will that last? How long will the bowl of ice cream last? How long will the pleasure last? And probably until the last spoon. And then what? Either more ice cream or we're off to something else. How many times a day are we prompted with some type of advertisement that tells us that we're going to be happier if we have something? or you won't be happy until you do. And this has become a focus, a true desire to fulfill that pleasure and seeking pleasure constantly. Now your pleasure might be not getting up in the morning and sleeping. It might be anything from a night out, or to a meal, or to a destination, whatever it might be. What's truly going to fill us up? What truly is going to penetrate me? What is going to stay with me? What are those things that I truly can say are mine. And something we talk about all the time, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I just, it's so painful to watch so many people hypnotize themselves and tell themselves stories as to why they can't get up and do something. A 19-year-old boy who tells me, I haven't made a friend in years. But what do you do? Oh, I'm antisocial. Or I have social anxieties. Okay. Well, how would you get over your social anxieties? Well, I don't know, but if there was a room full of 12 or 15 people, I'd sit here, I'd say nothing. 
I said, and if you said something, well, I'd get all red and I'd get, I don't know what. And what would happen if you got all red and embarrassed? And the first time around, it was very difficult. And you did it and repeated it about 20, 30, or 40, or 50 times. As long as it took for you to get over your social anxieties. It's hard for me to find a job. Well, what have you been doing? I don't know. What do I do? Go into people's stores and people's businesses and ask them, do you want to hire me? Well, that's a good start. We, as human beings, put every excuse, every barrier, and every focus as to why I can't do something. Ask yourself this question. Self, what do I need to do to dot, 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 whatever it is for you? Get an amazing job. Get into an amazing school. Get into shape. Find that one true person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Truly be happy. Truly feel joy. Truly be spiritually connected. Ask yourself that question. And if you're conscious enough and you can pay attention to your self talking to you, you already know the answer. So why is it that you will stay in the rut, won't move forward, won't get off the couch, won't get to the gym, won't start that diet, won't truly seek the amount of financial success that you are looking for. Simple. You're comfortable. You have a sense of certainty, a sense of comfort, a sense of something you already know. You know what it feels like to be a little heavy or to feel a little hazit or sorry for yourself. You already know what it feels like to find everything wrong with your spouse. Because it takes too much effort to look for the good. It takes too much effort for me to actually get up and find that job that I want or that I need. Or get those grades and stick in school and focus because social pleasures are so much more important. Advancing socially that's going to get me all the way. Instead of really hitting the books. Striving to do well. Teenagers and young adults, here's an idea. Find a job on a Sunday. Yes, find a job. Make some money. Save it for that special something you want to buy yourself. Even if your parents take care of you. Save up some cash and buy yourself a gift. Celebrate. Now, when I say pleasure, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a monk. I'm saying that pleasure is something that we deserve after we've achieved. 
It is something that should be earned. Like a paycheck. Or maybe a reward that you might give a child. The only way you're ever going to feel enough that you're capable is to follow through with what it is you believe you should be doing. Now, if you're in a car, this might be difficult. You might have to imagine it in your mind. But if you're at home listening or you're at the office and you can get yourself out of pen and paper, it's a really simple graph. I want you to, like a graph, one straight line down, one line across. Half a box. And at the top of the left of the L or the, or the box, I want you to write value system. Now, what do I mean by value system? We all have a value system. Something that we truly believe is true. Not something that maybe the Torah or God or your parents or a friend or a spouse might tell you you must or have to do. But something you truly believe in your heart that you should be doing. Let's take cigarettes, for example. If someone is smoking, or for a lot of these young people out there that are smoking a jewel. If you feel that you should not be smoking a jewel, then that would be part of your value system. That would be something that you believe that you should not be doing. And that would generate a 10 in the upper left corner there. Put a 10 by value system. And then diagonally, if you went to the other corner at the edge of that line that we created on the right-hand side, and you wrote action, and a little zero there, and you measured your value system, not smoking. Now, if you do smoke, then that line's going to go from 10 to zero. If you're trying to stop and you're not smoking as much or you're smoking less and that number is two or four or six or maybe you're at the end of it and it's an eight or a nine, but the distance between the 10 and the zero or any other number on the right-hand side is going to cause two feelings. And this consists of everything. This can be, like I said, smoking, going to the gym, anything that you feel that you should be doing, looking for a job, doing better at school, being a nicer, kinder person, giving them, being more of a giving person, whatever it might be, that value system versus action will cause two feelings. One, guilt. You will feel guilty. It, not because you're Jewish. Not because this is the way we're supposed to feel. Because this is the way a person feels when they're not accomplishing what they believe they should be accomplishing. You feel guilty. And not because mom and dad said it or God said it or your teacher said it or anybody else said it. Because you set the value system. And the second feeling is pain. And the pain consists of, I'm not enough. I always mess up. 
I can't do it. And then we find stories to attach to the I can't do it and I'm not enough. Well, don't you remember this time and that time and the other time? And I always get myself in trouble. I try to do it, but I always get myself in trouble. I always make the wrong decision. I can't, I don't ha I'm not capable. I don't know how. Or here's the one I keep on listening to for the last couple of weeks. This has been my favorite. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What do I do? Here's the answer. Do anything. Go out and sell ice cream. Start a lemonade stand. Keep yourself busy. Keep yourself busy with things that you value. I don't care if it's go to a museum, find new music, learn how to play an instrument, play some sports. Find something that you are passionate about, that you want to give back to the community. But enough with the excuses that it's too hard or you can't or you don't have the money, you don't have the time, whatever the resources that you're missing, be resourceful with the resources you have. And if you really need them bad enough, you'll find the way to get them. Because anything we want bad enough it's very funny. And yes, teenage kids, young adults, people in their 20s, men and women, when they want something, they want to go out on a Saturday night, they want to go on a vacation, they want to go out with their friends, somehow they figure it out. Somehow it becomes really easy to get to that place we wanted to go. We're going to walk. We're going to take a train. We're going to save up some money. Somehow it becomes very easy because the desire's there. Seeking pleasure will fool you every single time into believing you're happy. So when you're smoking that cigarette, when you're eating that meal, ooh, it's pleasurable. It feels good to have something you shouldn't be having. And remember, you shouldn't be having it not because I don't think you should be. It's because you don't think you should be. You set the value system. You set the rules. So, yeah, you're going to break the rule. You're going to have it. And you'll enjoy it. But doesn't it always happen the next morning you wake up with the hangover? Your stomach starts to really bother you after you had all the ice cream or the meal that you were really happy about. You overslept and now it's 11 o'clock in the morning and you're starting to feel like, oh my God, the whole world started their day about five hours ago and here I am at 11 o'clock. How do you feel about yourself? You can't feel good. Well, you're trying to tell yourself, I was really tired, and I didn't know, my brain wouldn't shut off, and, and, and I'm really unlucky, and, and, and I got the short end of the stick. I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm just unmotivated. You know what? I think I'm depressed. I think I have anxiety. And now we dramatize 
The simple notion, and this is not every case, just to put it out there, there are people that suffer from some serious things, and that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the made-up stories in our heads where we give ourselves anxiety. We give ourselves the sadness and depression. And we hypnotize ourselves with the story. Constantly. Woman married many years. Had nothing good to say about her husband. Nothing. Married for over 30 years and there was nothing good to, to say about her husband. So I asked the two simple questions. Is he kind? Oh, yes. He's very kind. Not only kind, but he's generous. Oh, he's generous. And one more question, if you don't mind. Is he loyal? Oh, yes. Absolutely he's loyal. And then I ask, aren't those some amazing qualities? But isn't that a given? You're telling me I should be happy that he's not a drug addict or an alcoholic? Or a womanizer? And I said, yes, you should. Oh, come on. And the hypnotic effect goes back to I'm fixated on what I don't have. I'm fixated, obsessed with the things I want and ungrateful for the things that I have. Every time. It, it's amazing how after a while you just see it so clear. We've told ourselves the story. We drank our own Kool-Aid. And we're convinced there's no way out. Who set the rules up in the first place? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're in a relationship that you're not happy in, it's because you're not working on it. Being in a relationship takes a lot of hard work. If you're in a job that you're unhappy with, find one that you are. You set the rules of your life. I know, here it comes. But we have a certain amount of responsibilities. We have a certain amount of bills. And we got to keep up. What, you're going to tell me tuition isn't real? Yes, tuition is real. Yes, it is. But don't tell me you don't have choices. Don't tell me you can't find a way. It might take sacrifice. But nobody wants to do that. It might take hard work. Why would I do something like that? I'm comfortable. Miserable, but comfortable. I'm stressed, but I'm comfortable. I'm, I know what it feels like. I know what it's going to feel like. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to fail. You might. I got a phone call today from a dear friend of mine. Said to me that he is prepared to sell a store that he's been in decades. He's been wanting to get out of this for I can't remember how long. And now he tells me this morning that he's going to do his hishtadlut and he's going to try. And I stopped him. 
And I said to him, don't try. Do. What's the difference? In three months from now, if something doesn't happen and he doesn't find the buyer, here's the answer he's going to give himself. It's from Shamayim. They don't want me to stop. But if in his mind he knows that this is the best decision for him, he will not stop until he finishes the job. And how many of us, at the first sign of resistance, at the first sign of it not going our way, do we check out? Oh, no, no, this isn't for me. No, that's too hard. I, you know, this, it, it's just a sore, sore space for me, and that's why I get, I'm a little uh, passionate about it. I found one of my clients a job. I don't generally do this. But he was in a particular situation and asked me if, he, if I could call a friend, and I did. And I warned him, this is a job that you're going to have to grind at. So I think you've got to go in there and you've got to be better than the pack. And I warned him, I said, you're going to go in there, and I'm telling you, it's going to hurt. It's going to be hard work. You've got to go in early. You've got to come out late. You've got to make a lot of sacrifices. You've just got to keep your nose exactly where it needs to be, and you've got to grind it out. He's there for four days. Comes back and he says, I don't know if I can do this. What do you mean you can't know if you can do this? It's such a grind. Well, didn't we know it was a grind? Yeah, but I never thought it was going to be like this. Well, what'd you think? And they want me to speak this way and they want me to do that. I said, do what they tell you to do. Because it's in their best interest to train you so that they can make money. How many of us make a commitment and give up along the way? How many times have you started your diet? How many times did you say, I want to go to the gym? How many times, men, have you said, I want to start going to Minyan? Or I want to start going to Shul? I want to start learning at least once a week. How many people come up with these great ideas that they believe are going to be amazing for themselves? Value system at 10, action at zero. And every time they think about it, there's guilt and pain. And the more things that line up, if you're a guy who procrastinates or a woman who procrastinates, and you put things on the side, and they pile up, every time you think about it, you feel like there's the weight of the world on your shoulders. Take care of what you need to take care of. And ladies and gentlemen, when you take care of it, you could tell anybody that's watching you, Isaac Jamal said, you deserve to be rewarded. And reward yourself. Big or small, have the ice cream at that point. And teach yourself to celebrate. Teach your team to celebrate. Teach your family to celebrate. Celebrate together all your achievements. 
but there's a sense of satisfaction of getting it done. Not being motivated, not being inspired, comes from inaction. I said it to a young man today. He said to me, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm unmotivated. I can't do anything. I gave him the truth and just told him that he was lazy. And that if he kept moving and wasn't lazy and got things done as opposed to waiting around for other people to do them or, you know, receiving as opposed to achieving, that he would start feeling good about himself. How can you feel good about yourself when you're not doing anything and you've convinced yourself that you're not capable of doing anything? It's the furthest thing from the truth. We have so much potential locked up inside of us. So much opportunity. We don't like pushing ourselves, especially today. Take one more step forward. I know it hurts. I know you're stressed. I know you're tired. Or at least you feel that way. I know you're having a difficult time. Keep going. Move forward. Don't let anything stop you. Because when you continue to have forward momentum, it speeds up and that breeds success. Stay the course. I know it's tough. It's meant to be. Because resistance and growth are on, the same, on two different sides of the same coin. Fear of not being enough. Fear of failure. Fear of not being loved or liked or the same. How many of us feel that we have to wear particular clothes, live in a particular home, drive in a particular car so that we can be accepted socially? Because if not, we won't be enough. And if we're not enough, we won't be loved. How many of us sacrifice ourselves for what other people think? And yes, as we get older, we get better at it, some of us at least. How much longer are we going to live in unconsciousness? How much longer are we going to ignore ourselves and what we truly want and desire? You can make the move. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, you have to make sacrifices. But the feeling of doing what you believe is true and best for you, regardless of what anyone else thinks,
Because nobody knows you better than you know you. Those are the things that are going to make you happy. Those are the things that are going to make you fulfilled. Those are the things that are going to make you successful. Not just financially or socially. Because that's what leadership qualities are, or leaders are made of. Those are leadership qualities and that's what leaders are made of. And people are going to want to follow. And they're going to want to learn from you. And then you'll be able to teach. And now you're becoming a giver. And you're contributing from yourself. More fulfillment. You're growing every day. More fulfillment. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's hard. But it's worth it. Yes. You got to push forward. If you want it, and you want it bad enough, nothing will stand in your way. This is a message that each one of us needs, including the coach. We need to, to remind ourselves of this on a day-to-day -day basis. And we've got to push ourselves out of our comfort zones. Don't stay comfortable. Be uncomfortable. Because that means you're growing. You're achieving more. You're pushing yourself and your potential. I have struggles on a day-to-day. I don't wake up every morning in this wonderful, you know, it's going to be a great day. It's something that you work on. I never, I didn't always have this. I wasn't born with this type of, because our brains and our minds are always looking for what's wrong. And they're always looking for that comfort and that instantaneous pleasure. But our spirits are so much more. So what do you say? What are you waiting for? Life's right in front of you. It's up to you to take it. One step at a time. One inch at a time. Sometimes it'll be really, really tough. Like you just can't hold it on anymore. You can't push harder than you can. And then right after that, somehow things just start opening up. And the effort pays off. You study hard, you'll get good grades. There's no secret sauce there. If you work hard enough and you're committed, you'll be successful. If you're kind and giving in your relationships and playful, you will have amazing relationships. 
you love your children unconditionally and see them for who they want to be and not what you want to create for them, you will have loving, caring, respectful children who know that you have their best interests in mind. There are no trade secrets. It's there. It's in front of you. The information is there. Google it. Look it up. Read a book. Go to a seminar. Call a coach. Doesn't matter. The information's there. But are you looking to know how to do it? Or why you should leave your comforts and your pleasures? Because if it's the latter, you'll always blame something for not achieving what it is you want. It's my parents, it's the environment, it's the government, it's the economy, it's the school or the principal, it's my friends, it's my genetics. The impossible is possible if you can envision it. Stop envisioning a bleak future and start envisioning an amazing future. Stop manifesting that in your brain. We've spoken about that in past podcasts. I'll end the night off with this idea of manifesting. A manifestation is a creation, a thing, something that exists. And it exists through your mind. When the Jewish people were in the desert, they ate manna or manna. And it tasted like anything they thought of. Now think about that. Whatever your mind created, that's what it tasted like. Manna is the start of the word of manifestation or manifesting. We all have the power to manifest our own lives, to create our own destinies and there will be challenges. It will be difficult. And sometimes it will feel impossible. But it will be worth it. Are you committed? Are you ready? I am. And I'm ready to help you anytime you want to know how. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a wonderful week. Good night.